1: Welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, I, which I already said, and more. Uh, my name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly podcast. And let me bring in my two co-hosts, introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you?
2: I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda?
1: I am doing really, really well. A still somewhat recovering from a long weekend. Um and in order to talk about that, I'm going to bring in the third member of this team, and that's who? 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 It's the one and only Brendan Barr.
2: That's who?
3: Yeah, I'm still recovering too, but you know who's probably still super recovering is um is Ruben.
1: Ruben, <laughs> yes. Ruben had a long weekend, I'm sure. Uh Brennan and I were in Las Vegas this past weekend, uh for SummerSlam weekend, uh and during that time we ran into uh Ruben Zamora, uh that hopefully our fans know from Mass Republic. Um he was very busy, you know, helping organize some events, along with a little partying, it sounds like <laughs> looks like from his social media pictures. <laughs>
3: Yeah, he, uh, he definitely, well, he always is into a little partying. It's just this time that it was, uh, the, the photographs were able to be published on social media.
1: That is true. <laughs> that is true. Yes, yes. All clothing seemingly was put, kept on. So, um, good for him. Good for him. You know. Uh, but, uh, yes, Ruben, we hope that you are recovering. Um, I mean, it, he does has a, a little bit of time before uh, the September 11th uh, show coming up, so I, I hope he uses the next few weeks to catch up and recuperate because very shortly afterward he's back to work.
3: Uh, yeah, well, he, much like me, he went he went back to his day job pretty quickly too yes. so <sighs> the, well, none yeah. of them sleep neither of no. them sleep so that's
1: true very <laughs> very true well Brendan, uh dusty we have a lot to cover on this week's episode yeah. uh so let's jump right into it with the road back to shows with brendan
3: all right so i'm gonna get this out of the way uh mexico city or mexico still red Um, as long as the government pretends like it doesn't matter, I'm barely gonna touch on this. Like, you know, we're still having fans at shows, uh, and they're not adjusting the capacity. We're just gonna keep moving forward because there's a lot of stuff. Um, I'm just real quick. we're, We're throughout the show, as Miranda was alluding to, we're gonna be covering a lot of the things that happened. Over SummerSlam weekend, uh, in the, more in the, the rest of the wrestling world, the indie circuit, and as a result, many Lucha Libre promotions and other things were hit. So when we get to the indie roundup in particular, we're gonna talk about that, but, uh, uh, and, and the dogs like that idea too. Yeah, yeah, the dogs
1: are. <laughs> Continue.
3: Yeah. Uh, the it's not a... It's not a proper show until the dogs express their opinion. Um. So, but I, I am going to start with the the really kind of in biggest news, and then we're going to have to do some some kind of breaking it down. Dusty, you might have to help me a little bit with this one because I know you know this situation pretty well too. Um, Mystico, the person we know as Mystico right now, has seemingly stepped down from the role of being Mystico and is going to be. Replaced by the original Mystico, who we knew as Charistico or Sincara, was it Azul or Negro? He was, az- he was Azul. Okay. Yes. yes Sincara Azul. Uh, so, so to see, as you can tell already, we're, we're, <laughs> there's a lot of confusion and breakdown on this. Uh, many years ago, or a few years ago, there was, uh, there was Dragon Lee and Mystico. And, and then, uh, the WWE decided they wanted to hire, uh, a, a major name out of, out of Mexico to try and up their brand and, and increase their global presence. So they hired the Mystico at that time, who we now know as Caristico to be Sincara. Um, they, uh, then filled that, the Mystico role, uh, in an official, I believe, uh, Frey Torment even came in and said that he was the, accepted replacement and they mystico became or uh the person who wrestled under the name dragon lee became mystico who's not the dragon lee we know now which is one of the muñoz brothers the guy that made Dra- the name dragon lee and mass dragon lee famous uh is is the one that is the same one you know so but uh he the he and mystico the original mystico or no the yeah, uh, the second Mystico. See, I'm doing it already. Yeah. Our brothers as well. Yes, yeah, they're Munoz L- brothers. Yeah. CMLL, Mystico 2, CMLL Mystico, however it is you've got him in your little checkbox in your head. They're, they're awesome. Um. And then you have the second, just to, so that everybody is on the same page here. There, we reference the second Sincara, Sincara Negro, who is now performing as Cinta da Oro and he also is a big name under that right now as well. So, uh to bring us all back to speak, Mystico, to no longer Mystico, he is most likely going to be performing under a new name which I wasn't going to bring this story up until we got this around and but uh Rush, his brother, the third Muñoz brother, uh recently filed a copyright for a name Dralistico, which Sounds like a hybrid of Dragon Lee and uh, Mystico. So, with this new bit of news, we can uh, possibly infer that that will be his, uh, the Mystico's new indie name, Dralistico, which, by the way, is really cool and much cooler than anything like d m t azul sorry d m t but uh it sucks uh, <laughs> uh so so you have all of this this was mostly done over social media uh for weeks they've been speculating that mystico was leaving c m l l because he'd been quietly removed off of several cards uh and it was so all the people that were paying attention to these things all the the smart fans as you, if you will. We're like, well, is he leaving? And uh, th- just a couple days ago, a uh, a tweet or uh, a social media post went out that said that, that basically said that uh, he was, Mystico was leaving and he would be joining the Munoz family. Um, and then... Lucha Central ran the story that said that uh Karistico will be stepping back into the Mystico role. This also adds some weird awkward and an awkwardness because Caristico and Mystico were tag team champions in CMLL. So now that tag team championship is going to have to be filled again, too. I believe that's been added to the Night of Champions as a tournament. So... uh you know, more CML news about about basically the high end of their roster leaving to go make money on the indies because they're not making money at CMLL right now. Um, Miranda, as someone who is is less versed on all of this, do you have any questions about any of the names that I just threw out there?
1: Well, I think it's just more of, it's an interesting concept where, you know, uh, masks are m- not a trademark but the mask itself and the identity can be almost transferred or moved to other wrestlers um whereas you know when someone has a persona in you know other uh regions of wrestling you know it's not like a gimmick then Gets no. given to somebody else. So um, I think that that for me is one of the more interesting aspects of this. Um, it's still all fairly confusing, to be honest, but I think <laughs> it's, right. that's, that's just more of the more interesting part to me is that, you know, um, that, th- th- that it's also like a domino effect, apparent of when <laughs> one person is leaving a, a gimmick. And then it gets to somebody else, which means that other gimmick is free or that other person has to come up with a new identity. And then mm-hmm. I think the trademark for the hybrid name of, was it Dragonly and Mystico? Yeah,
3: Dralistico.
1: Dralistico. Um, that seems to be very interesting as well.
3: Yeah, I, that is, is a very cool idea and a very cool name. Uh, it, it, it is unique to Mexico that these identities and masks are Kind of trademarked by promotions. Uh, it's more of a AAA thing than it is a CMLL thing, but obviously Mystico is a, is kind of being, a, is kind of important to CMLL. Uh, I, I, they mentioned this a lot when Sincaro was first signed, uh, that he is, that is a major name in Mexico. There's comic books and merchandise they, at the time that he was signed in the WWE. He was probably one of the most famous masks and faces, uh, of of that generation. Obviously, you know, you still had your Atlantises and your Blue Panthers and your Blue Demons who are a lot more iconic, uh, to wrestling fans, but he was kind of the, 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 the face. Uh, I guess you could equate him pretty well with, uh, John Cena or Roman Reigns. Like they're not, they're not huge names in the, uh, in, in history yet. But if you do, if you bring up wrestling, that he was that that's where Sin Cara was at yeah. in Mexico.
2: Yeah, he's a hot, very hot, a talent, Mark seemed like mm-hmm. guy.
3: He, he yeah, and the it, the WWE. I don't want to say they ruin everything, uh, but I'm just going to leave that. I don't want to <laughs> say that out there. Yeah. That that momentum was absolutely killed, even with uh with the the Munoz brother stepping into the Mystico role. The, he never really lived into the potential of that role, even though he's a very talented wrestler from a from a dynasty. So I actually expect him to do bigger and better things now that he's free from that legacy name. Yep. The fans never really embraced him like they just never really especially when uh Caristico came back, then they really didn't have any reason to. Yeah. They're like, "Why should we watch him when the guy that we wanted to watch is gonna be?" also on the in the same program. So uh super, super weird. Uh just to to give people some examples since I alluded to it, uh LaParca has famously had multiple people playing it, Triple A owns that. Uh the um Pentagon and Octagon, I mean the whole reason it's Penta L Zero M now is because Triple A owns Pentagon and Pentagon Junior. Uh which is the opposite of of like a blue demon or a uh Hijo del Santo where the that name is so iconic and huge that they are able to carry that wherever they go um to give you kind of an idea that promotions have have done this uh any last thoughts on this before we move on to any to more weirdness it is more weirdness i promise <laughs>
1: this is a weird show let's get
3: weird <laughs> um so the Mexican national title that was formerly held by Diamante slash DMT Azul, uh, is, is now going to be, according to a press conference they did, they have held, uh, the press conference upheld the fa- the removal of Diamante Azul from the, the title holding. It's now going to be held in a tournament or going to be held up in a tournament, which will be held at Arena Mexico but not necessarily on a CMLL show. And they stressed that it will be open for any and all contenders. So people were like, so what if AAA people show up? And they just responded by saying, I just said any contenders that want to show up can be in this tournament. Now, I mean, you know, the fantasy booking goes crazy. You can imagine like Roosh or somebody else that, you know, you picture your favorite Dr. Wagner, What your favorite wrestler that has since... Been banned from CMLL here, showing up, but that seems unlikely because it's still going to be an arena, Mexico. It's still going to have CMLL officials as a result of that. Um, they're just pretending a lot harder. Um, uh, uh, Fantasma has stated that's uh, that's the commissioner of, of uh, wrestling in Mexico City. Fantasma, not uh, that guy on NXT. That's you know they're they're similar, but. One is the younger version of the other. Um, he stated that the commission will announce participants in the tournament next week with uh, the tournament probably happening in Arena Mexico sometime in September. So, again, keep your ears open for that. The Mexican national title, which has not been relevant in over a decade, is now the biggest news of <laughs> wrestling in Mexico. Well, I, I guess the second biggest now that Mystico did his, his – uh, Publicity stunt, if you want to call it that. Uh, but, yeah, that's – it's still weird. I told yeah. you. I promised you it was going to be weird.
1: It's weird. <laughs>
3: uh, on to more normal things, we have match announcements with talent and other stuff. So the 911 Crash Show has Andrade, Mecha Wolf, Bestia 666, Ray Orus, Io del Vikingo, Taurus, Ray Phoenix, Nino and Laredo Kid, Mr. Iguana, NGD, and Poder del Norte listed. So it looks a lot like a AAA card to me. Um, uh, Lucha Blog mentioned that uh, that the posters that he was looking at that has all of this does not mention anything about the MLW taping. So I'm wondering. Yeah, I
1: haven't uh, seen that. That that flyer, that picture was the only one that I seen with it. But it seems like newer ones don't have the MLW logo. Or NW or MLW mentioned with, with it at all.
3: Yeah. I'm wondering if it's just falling through because, or potentially falling through because of, uh, border issues. Uh, mm-hmm. spoiler alert for more things. Uh, we have Defy Wrestling this weekend has sent out several announcements saying that because the Canadian border is still closed. The, uh, the idea of card is subject to change is heavily going to be uh, influencing the card this weekend. So, uh, I wonder if they're preparing for a similar thing where they just aren't sure who they're going to be able to get. Um, and, and so it's better to have these largely Mexican based performers listed as, as your hype spot so that they have a good chance of, of getting a good card based on that. Um, but that also, brings up uh this all looking at some of these names i can see why kevin was saying they were having a hard time filling out the roster for their 9-11 show because so a bunch of these are already confirmed to be names uh from the the 50 mass republic luchadors uh nino and bergesa uh tarus mr iguana uh, I think Laredo kid's on his own visa. Uh, so, you know, you can see that there's, uh, there's, there's a certain amount of crossover. I'm still, I'm very excited for both cards. I don't know how I'm going to be able to watch them both. And I'm supposed to be doing personal things that weekend. So, um, I, I, I need more time. I need three of me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's so that 9-11 show is shaping up really nicely. Speaking of, of show shaping up nicely. Galley Wrestling in the Midwest has announced Galley Mania on ten three in Cicero Stadium, which uh, is Chicago. Uh this is a huge venue for them. They, they according to again Lucha Blog, this is the biggest one they've run in years. Uh I know it's it's one that MLW only runs when they're looking for really big, big <laughs> their their double cage matches or their uh You know, battle riots or things like that. They don't just casually run Cicero Stadium. Uh, but they're, so they're going to be bringing in some of their, some lucha talent, uh, some of which you will expect. Others might be a little bit of a surprise. Uh, uh, Los Parks, not a surprise seeing as they've even been signed. Mil Muertes, according to this announcement, which, uh, I mean, uh, hopefully that means King Muertes. I know they're, they're supposed to be the same guy, but. You know, legal things. Aerostar, that one has me excited. Drago, Ares, Aramis, Boy, and Mecha Wolf. So like, that's gonna be an amazing show, and it'll be, you know, easy for many, many people to get here. That might even be one you, you could go see, Dusty.
2: Yeah, that would be awesome. I'm all about <laughs> for live wrestling. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that's,
2: as long as we can do it safe. Yeah. But, uh,
3: that's, that's, uh, that's, as I remember, that's, that's not too far for you to get to. So, no. uh, I, I thought I would call you out specifically on that and see if, you know, I might go after that one too. So we could hang out there like, like we did with some other, like we did yeah. this weekend in Vegas. We'll see. Uh, and then we had a, a, a Super Luchas tag team match announced for the GCW Black Label Pro Show on, uh, 903. Which is going to be uh, Hoffman Estates? I, I didn't write down this, the actual state that that's in. Uh, Miranda, do you remember where, what state that's going to be in? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. but I can look it up. We can we can find out. I think Super it's Luchas. Away. I think I think you're right. The Super Lucha match in question has Juventud Guerrera and the, the team of Juventud Guerrera and Super Crazy against Dragon Bane and He-Ho de Canis Lupus against gringo loco and aries also against laredo kid and asf like super loaded i mean there's a reason they're calling this the super lucha match uh so i am uh really excited for that match gcw has much more of a presence on uh on the internet so i don't know that i'm going to travel for that one but i'm tempted to uh uh any luck miranda uh Yeah, it's in Illinois. It is in Illinois. Excellent. Uh So there you go. 9-3 Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Uh It's the only major lucha content that's on there, but uh GCW in particular has a big commitment to having something entertaining for every type of wrestling fan. So if you're in the area or thinking you might be in the area, keep an eye on that card. You'll probably – Find a couple of things on that card that will pique your interest. And then my last little bit for the road back to shows was there was an interview recently that Flamita did, uh, with Universal Deportes. Uh, he's talking about his, the, the quotes that, that, uh, were pulled out were about his struggles in, uh, in breaking out in the U.S. And he thinks that, uh, in the indie circuit, he thinks that, uh, learning English is the biggest obstacle to being a bigger star it's kind of common most luchadors will say not enough english like even when andrade was struggling in nxt the main excuse that people were giving was that he didn't speak enough english um i believe that was the similar issue with uh sin cara azul is he didn't speak enough english sin cara negro by the way is from texas so he speaks pretty good english that was a Shocking thing that I forgot about that when I met him. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, uh, so uh, it was, that's just was interesting to me. Um, but the, the, the big quote that he got out of this is Flamita says he feels Mexico no longer has the best wrestling in the world because they haven't taken good care of it. Uh, I mean, we, we talked, Matt Farmer brought this up. We've talked about this, uh, a bit it feels like uh the the state of lucha libre in mexico is there emulating the american indies which is creating a more watered down product but i thought it was very interesting to hear flamita say that uh seeing as he's been in the american indies for a while now uh and i don't know how in touch he is with the actual mexican scene anymore so i don't know did you either of you guys have any thoughts on this
2: yeah i mean like in some ways, I think that Mexico still has the best world. Like I, that's my personal preference. But I do see where it feels like, especially, you know, I mean, we're hearing this with the guys leaving CMLL, that the wrestlers themselves don't feel valued there. And so it's hard to put out your best effort when you don't feel like it's appreciated. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and, and, it, and it's a very competitive market now, too, and so I think whether you're a wrestler or a promotion, and you want to, I think it's all about ROI in these really stru- shoestring budget times, um, and so I feel like that plays a factor in nas in as well.
3: Yeah, that's a huge factor, and that's a huge factor in why people are leaving the stability of CMLL, because... uh you know, as we've I talked about before, they they offer a steady paycheck, but you know, to Dusty's point, they don't really seem to to offer any uh, variety in programming. It's pretty pretty much we're doing a tourist show, do do low bumps. Here's your basically your your basic match layout, go get it. Um, which does lower your your quality of wrestling in general. Even the wrestlers that are still very passionate about lucha libre are going to have have nights where they just are going to show up to work because that's that's all that they really can get in the headspace for if there's no reason to be excited each and every night. Oh, um but at the same time the the mexican indies the shows like because i've been watching a lot more of that your your lucha times your chaos uh your dtus these these programs are all filled with people that are trying to to do something bigger than than what their tiny little promotion is allowing and that often translates to super incredible matches um so, you know, I mean, to, to, some people are going to complain and say that there, there's technical problems. And you're right. There's always technical problems with young guys trying to do spots that are really complicated and sophisticated. But if you're, if you're looking for that, you're going to find it. If you're looking to be entertained, these matches are fantastic. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that, uh, I, I think that Mexico, I think most of us on this show are going to say Mexico probably as a general rule has the the best wrestling uh so i I was just very intrigued by this this quote any final thoughts before i move on to the indie roundup on any of this stuff no i think i'm good (laughs) all right uh so indie roundup we have a lot of stuff happening this weekend and i mean a lot this last weekend um I'm just going to start with uh we Miranda and I were both in Las Vegas. We split our attention as best as we could to see a bunch of shows. We were at a couple at the same time. Uh the the big lucha base one that uh I'm going to start with was I was at the Robles Patron show in Las Vegas. Uh this was in um it was in a venue that was it looked like it was probably a wrestling school. Uh it, it had Imagery for the uh, Super Beast, the wrestler, everywhere. So I'm assuming he's either their top promotion or the the instructor. Uh, he was in the main event later. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, the it, Super...
1: Yeah, I was just going to say the Super Beast compound is not necessarily a school, but it is a facility, uh, yeah. um, a wrestling facility that is available for rental. Um, so mm-hmm. promotions who want to run in Vegas can rent that facility out. Um, and so it was more of an all-inclusive facility uh, for wrestling shows, but they are connected to the wrestling schools in the area.
3: Yeah. Okay. So you, you are a little more familiar with it. I, I should have expected that. Uh, the, um the, the first half of the card was local indie wrestlers. It was not an exceptionally Lucha thing. Mileage varies on it. I apologize to the wrestlers. Uh, thank you for, for putting your time and effort into entertaining us. But, uh, the, this particular show had all Spanish announcing while the music was pounding. So I, uh, even, even if I could hear him clearly, I probably wouldn't have understood him very well. I lost the battle in that I couldn't hear him over the music anyway. So, uh, I, I'm not trying to downplay the the significance of, of the indie wrestlers that were there Thank you guys all for being there I apologize for not getting your names uh, we had several very very fun matches that uh, especially one of them where they were trying to work the, with the kids in the crowd were but they were all various types of, of fun high flying or 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 power matches there was a uh, brief, Intermission, then we came back and we got a little more lucha content. We started seeing some of the people we were here to see, uh, but it really, it came down to the main event where we had Super Beast and, uh, I'm going to say the wrong cologne brother now. I believe it was Carlito, but I'm tired and I didn't, uh, take the name on that. on one side and then we had dr wagner and a man, a young man who uh was wearing a variation on a dos caras mask but i did not catch his name on the other side uh this went about 20 minutes they did exchanged a lot of uh it started off with your classic presentation of super beast saying mexicans are terrible and then carlos said don't know i think you have a problem with latinos uh it's it's not it's not all Latinos more or less is how it translated to. He started talking about how cool Puerto Ricans were because they weren't Mexicans and which riled up the crowd even more started, which eventually started a Dr. Wagner promo. So I have now been in a venue where I've seen Dr. Wagner do a live promo. I have checked that box off. Um He basically called them little girls and, and, uh, implied that they have, uh, no intestinal fortitude whatsoever. And, uh, then the, the, you know, the punching started. <laughs> and this, it went back and forth for a while. It ultimately ended. Uh, the, the faces got, a, got the win, but the bad guys were unhappy with that, brought kendo sticks in and were starting to beat everybody up. And then. El Patron and, uh, Cinta de Oro came out for the save. So then they challenged, uh, they challenged Super Beast to a match at another show. So they're already announcing another Vegas-based Patron Roble show with a rematch f- with, uh, Cinta de Oro and Alberto in there against the, against the, other uh, Super Beast and whoever he wants as his partner. And everybody from from the from Mexico stood in the middle of the ring and and Wagner's music played and that was the end of the show it was a fantastic way to end the show a little disappointing to me because I was thinking this was going to be a one-off show we were going to see more lucha talent but uh I'm excited to know that they want to have a lucha based promotion in Las Vegas which is going to feature pretty big names you uh, know in addition to Cinta de Oro Dr. Wagner all of the Dos family um Hijo de Dos Caris was there as well uh you have you had had uh Willie Mack was hanging out so he clearly wants to work with them you had uh, uh hints of of other wrestlers uh who are now eluding me because it was a very long weekend and I uh didn't my notebook got soaked on the way home so uh apologies on again on that but uh super fun super cool match uh super interesting event as long as i was uh, i talked about this off air as long as alberto is is committed to bringing in big name luchadors i'm interested in these shows i i'm not super interested in going just to see alberto so um uh, We'll see. I might, we might cover more of this. And so far, we're the only ones that have talked about the Vegas version of this. The Rubles Patron Promotions are doing Texas and Mexico shows, and I've seen some coverage in other places about that. Um so, the next couple of things we had going on, uh, FSW hosted a bunch of shows. Uh, somebody on this show, I, her name is Miranda, works uh, closely with FSW, so was at a lot of these shows. I'm going to let kick it over to you and let you uh, start off with your thoughts and recollections from this long weekend.
1: Uh, Yes, so my notes are going to be a little bit more brief uh, Just because (laughs) I'm still very much uh, recovering And I don't have my notes on me Uh, But I just want to give just more shout outs and information About some uh, shows that happened um, over the weekend Um, On Friday, August 20th, we had Code Red Which was the first show of Glory Rising Pro Um, And this was in partnership with uh, Pele Pro uh, based out of Texas, and No Peace Underground, based out of Florida. And some interesting matches to note. Um, Sonico uh, faced uh, Pele Pro's uh, Chandler Hopkins. So uh, that was a fantastic match, and Sonico made quite an impression. Um, he also wrestled later on for the No Peace Underground portion of the show. Um, we had a four-way match uh, between Nick Wayne, Jay Vidal, Matt Vandegrift, and Jordan Oasis. If you recognize the names Jay Vidal and Matt Vandegrift, that is because they are going to be part of another four-way at PCW Ultra um, in October. Um, but that match was fairly entertaining. I'm trying to remember who went over in that match. I want to say it was either Jay or Matt Um Maybe Matt. I don't quite remember. Um, And then we had Mysterious Q versus Juicy Finale as well on that card. Um, FSW did have a FSW GCW show uh, that happened um, on Saturday. GCW had their very own show on Friday night. And as I pull that up, as far as content uh for lucha libre fans, there was a, I believe, a five-way scramble uh that included the one and only moving Guerrera. He came out to a big pop. Um actually it was a six-way um scramble, but that included trying to get where everyone's in here. Um that included Lucas Riley, Trey Lamar, Eli Everfly, Matt Vandergriff, Ninja Mac and um and that match was a lot of fun some great spots with Matt Vandergriff and Eli Everfly. Of course, Huvi came out with a big pop. He ended up winning that match um as well. Uh, We had future stars of women's wrestling on Sunday. The main event for that was Maserati, who we've talked about on this show from the Ring of Honor Women's Tournament versus Sandra Moon in a doors, ladders and chairs match. Uh, Sandra Moon won and is now the new FSW Women's Champion. Um, And, gosh, I'm trying to think. I mean, there was other things that happened as well, some of them not as much lucha-related, but you had anywhere from blood sport type of matches at Natural Born Killers, uh, and then you also had hardcore matches from No Peace Underground. So it was a very big eclectic mix of wrestling styles uh, throughout the entire weekend. Um, But, you know, solid Uh, lucha libre presence there um with you know some of the talent at fsw um and uh pele pro um as well um and then of course you know gcw
3: yeah it was uh to your point it was a fantastic representation of all styles of wrestling which is what i tend to expect from the indie presence around the big big shows that wwe does anymore for those of you who don't know uh Indie wrestling pop-up shows happen usually around SummerSlam and WrestleMania every year and it's always more of a showcase of this is us this is what we do and uh usually those are and it, I I don't want to sound like I'm I'm trying to kick on WWE on this but it's those usually those are more entertaining than the the big show like mm-hmm. there's um so yeah lots of lots of that going around in addition to FSW, uh, Master Public had a live podcast from Keeping It 100. There were several guests there, including some unscripted, unexpected guests because, uh, Conan and, and or, uh, the Master to Public team are so popular that people who are just happen to be in Vegas will stop by and say hi. Uh, so we had, um, Shocker the Wrestling Magician. We had, uh, Alberto, uh, we had Cinta de Oro. Um, uh, I was
1: going to say Christy Janes stopped by, Melissa Christy Santos, yeah. uh, Carlito um, were all were all there. Some were sp- seemingly scheduled. Some I know for sure Christy Janes and Melissa Santos were not uh, scheduled <laughs> no. to appear. They were just in the
3: area. They just wanted to say hi to somebody. That's all it was. And they literally got called onto stage while they were there. They were clearly just out and about. Uh, uh, they were uh, probably visiting oh, Marty, the moth who was in the next room over signing autographs as part of the, the weekend. So um, uh, which is a more another thing to bring up, the nerd bar did have a number of guests over the weekend. More or less, the way that worked is you could drop in and whoever was there, you could get signatures and pictures with. They had a couple other events like Hoovy's dance party and a bowling party with some of the some wrestlers. So all in all, a very fun wrestling based weekend out of the nerd, which included this keeping it one hundred podcast and the sold out Andrade El Idolo signing session. I just wanna throw out that out there. A huge congratulations to to Mass Republic for selling out. The Andrade sessions, uh, that was part of Ruben's huge weekend. Uh, he had to go pick Andrade up from the airport and, uh, and then, uh, and then they, they had a huge presence there. That is more or less my indie roundup for the weekend for, for all of that. Uh, as always, we're going to throw the pitch out as you can tell from our, our, our commitment here. We are our, our presence here. We were committed to showing up to indie shows so uh you know please send us your links send us your your clips uh send us your invites uh we will do our best to to represent you as best we can
1: thank you brendan for the road back to shows and our indie roundup up next we're going to kick it to denise alcedo who brings us this week's alucha central central
0: and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcasts, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name, the lucha brothers as well as japanese legend ultimo dragon go to lucha-masks.com and fight lucha strong with masks from your favorite lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling
1: Revolution. As always, a huge thank you to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Up next! As we've been talking about a very big weekend in pro wrestling. You know, we'll be talking about some of that as far as WWE goes. But uh, a promotion that may have been overlooked a bit, uh, but had a lot of great content and matches this week is Ring of Honor Glory by Honor Nights 1 and 2. So, Brendan, why don't you tell us more about uh, those shows?
3: Uh So, again, as Miranda mentioned, we had a lot of lucha content on there i'm just going to go over now, uh we're going to start with glory by honor night one real quick here you had a match with Sil- silas young and ray orus uh silas young won that one uh it was fun match uh you had demita demonic flamita is- in a match with Danhausen, pj black dak draper eli isom and mike bennett the the kind of caveat for this is the winner of this was going to be Put into the top five rankings for the heavyweight championship. Demonic Flamita actually wound up on top on this one. So he is now ranked and in contention for the heavyweight championship held by Bandito. Keep a, uh, keep that in mind. That may become relevant as we talk about more of the matches over the weekend. Uh, in a, what you would expect, a violent brawl between Violence Unlimited and LFI. Violence Unlimited came out on top. This had to stop and be restarted because they tried for some reason and I knew they were probably going to have to do this. They booked it as a normal eight man match and, uh, the referee threw it out in the first two minutes because everybody wanted to punch everybody and they restarted it as a Philly street fight. And that's what led to, uh, to, to the chaos we got to see ultimately violence unlimited came out on top on that. Um, and then at the end of night one, Bandito successfully defended against Flip Gordon. Uh, uh, and, um, and then after that, you had a little bit of scrum involving several of the wrestlers, which now includes Flamita that were are contending for Bandito's title. So it seems like we're going to get to see the meltdown of Mexi blood in the main event scene, which is fantastic to me. So, uh, please, ROH, I know you listen to the show, give us more <laughs> Bandito and Flamita, Demonic Flamita in the main event scene. Uh, night two, we had Roxy and Miranda Alizé getting a win, uh, over Chelsea Green and Willow, and I just want to take a second here to talk about how remarkable that is. Um, Ro- Roxy and Miranda Alizé We've talked about many times they're, they're being billed as big lucha based talents, but they're also the young up and coming talents and Chelsea Green and Willow have socks older than Roxy. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs)
1: just, that's that's a fair statement.
3: (laughs) So this is that the, that these two got this win against these two very seasoned, very well known, uh, people in the world of women's wrestling. Fantastic. It shows that uh, ROH has intentions for for big promotions on that, and you're going to hear more about them later in this uh, ROH roundup. Uh, Brian Johnson and Mark Briscoe, this was a last-minute change because Jay Briscoe had to be pulled from from the show's medical reasons, I believe it was, but I don't think they gave us anything specific. Uh, They were in a tag-team match against Demonic, Flamita, and Flip Gordon. The story here was that Flamita and Flip Gordon couldn't get along, probably because they're both uh bad guys and in contention for the heavyweight title. Uh Flamita ended the match by uh flipping off Flip Gordon, which distracted him long enough to be caught with the most dangerous move, the roll up, and uh and the one, two, three happened as Flamita walked away. Then our last match of the night you had Roosh and Dragon Lee. In a tag team match against Bandito and Ray Horus, uh, this is everything you would expect. You you had high flying, hard hitting action. You had they still continued to tease uh, Dragon Lee and Bandito, kind of getting along despite the fact that they're in differing factions. You had Silas Young on commentary talking smack about Rey Horus, so uh, they're suggesting that that's going to be a program we're going to see moving forward um but also you had Roosh with a, a noticeable limp by the end of the match uh the it, it Dragon League was on social media afterwards mentioning that Roosh had had a knee injury before the match so uh it you know hopefully it's not a serious knee injury and we get to see more of Roosh before his contract expires cuz as uh again thank you for for pointing this out his contract with ROH uh lucha blog pointed this out i'm sorry i skipped the buried the lead on that uh his contract expires so an extended knee injury expires soon and extended knee injury could overlap with that expiration and that could mean we get less roosh and uh, we i have to assume he's not planning on re-signing with roh since he's pretending like he's still going to be a promoter in mexico so who knows we'll see but that's uh the that was our Glory by Honors, Nice 1 and 2. Uh, the, also, uh, this, over the weekend, they showed the first round, uh, the first matches from the second round of the women's tournament. And, um, both of our, our Lucha talents advanced. Roxy, uh, got in a, in a fun match over Quinn McKay, uh, advances to the next round. Morella Alizé and Nicole Savoy in a very, this was the one I had no idea i had both of these women could have gone into the next round easily and i would not have been surprised so uh but they they played up the fact that these two were familiar with each other they really if you want to see a good clash of styles story they really played up that uh, miranda alizé is lucha based and nicole savoy is strong style based so watching this match was the story was kind of uh that that clash of styles which is one of my favorites to watch uh and then uh in the main event we had Rey Orus versus Demonic Flamita like more of the the uh the the breakdown of that faction always good uh you know as you can expect Silas Young and other things were alluded to but straight up lucha action between two of the best luchadors in ROH right now so that is, was our giant amount of of Lucha content out of uh, ROH this weekend with strong implications we're going to see more Lucha content for ROH going forward and and, uh, in prominent places on the show, too.
1: Yeah, it does look like it's still going to be in its multiple title pictures. It's in Faction Warfare. um, And that is very interesting because you just don't see a Lucha versus Lucha Champion versus a Lucha Contender. Um, That is very rare, at least in North American, you know, televised (laughs) pro wrestling.
3: (laughs) Yeah, obviously in Lucha Promotions it's a little more common but yeah that's that's
1: why i prefaced <laughs> it you know north american televised that that narrows the field down a lot
3: no i i understood what you meant and i agree it's something that we don't see nearly enough of so uh again roh i know you're listening so more of this please Thanks.
1: Thank you, Brennan, for that roundup of glory by Honor Knights 1 and 2. Up next, a huge week in AEW, including, uh, you know, the Lucha Bros making some waves. So Dusty, go ahead and take it away.
2: Yeah, this week, I mean, at least as far as Lucha content was concerned, it was all about the Lucha Bros. Uh, you know, like, First, we had Dark Elevation on Monday, and our main event, we had a big trios match, Death Triangle, that's Ray Phoenix and Pentel Zero Miedo, the Lucha Bros, with Pac. They were accompanied by Alex Abrahantes, and they were up against the Dark Order of Alan, Five Angels, Evil Uno, and Colt Cabana this match told two simultaneous stories the first story was the power dynamics in play within the dark order and everything going on with that the second story was that death triangle are the best trio in the world hands down as far as AEW is concerned like so good and somehow they get better every week alan angels from the death or from the dark order looked excellent in this match, uh, all three members of Death Triangle really looked excellent. Pack got the pin after hitting the Black Arrow on Angels immediately after Penta and Phoenix hit the two-man fear factor. A very strong trios win for Death Triangle, and also a furthering of the schism between Angels and the Dark Order and the kind of leadership of the Dark Order. Interesting. Then Tuesday... We had Dark. We had Nick Comoroto and Aaron Solo versus the Lucha Brothers. Again, this was another very strong showing from Penta and Ray Phoenix. I'm going to hold most of my opinions about the match because they play into the tag team eliminator match that was on Dynamite this week. We'll talk about it then. The Hollywood Blondes are in the crowd scouting the Lucha Bros during this match. So, it immediately felt like a foregone conclusion that Solo and Komaroto were losing, and that feeling was right. After a pair of pretty nasty super kicks from the Lucha Bros, Penta picked up the pin on Aaron Solo in just over six minutes. Then on Wednesday night we had dynamite. Uh, we have the Varsity Blondes facing the Lucha Brothers in the big tag team eliminator match, and this is what I didn't want to mention in the previous match on Dark, but everything we've seen lately gives us the impression that the Lucha Bros are going to be in that tag title match at All Out in Chicago on Sunday, September the 5th. This match was no exception to that. The Varsity Blondes were good, but they're still getting their rhythm. They're still a little green. They simply just can't keep up at the level that the Lucha Bros bring to the ring. And despite bringing their best effort and having one of their best matches in AEW to date, they just came off as not being on the same level as the Lucha Bros to me. The double super kick comes into play in this match again with Penta, then Phoenix, you know, taking turns with a nasty superkick before they gave a second simultaneous superkick and then hit the assisted pile driver for Pinta to get the pin on Brian Pillman Jr. Afterwards, Jurassic Express came out. They wanted to shake hands with the Lucha Bros, but the Young Bucks came out, and then Lucha Bros and Jurassic Express kind of teamed up to run them out of the ring. Great stuff. But the real story in all of this is that The Lucha Bros are a huge deal right now in AEW. Maybe the biggest deal they've ever been. And if you kind of keep up with all the backstage stuff, the smart info, their contracts generally, or at least the last few years, have expired on August 31st. And so it's very likely that this is all part of a contract signing slash negotiation for the Lucha Bros. But... They were always reticent to sign anything longer than a one year contract, so AEW was reticent to really pull the trigger <laughs> on them. But maybe now that's kind of evolved and we've got the the chances for a you know something more important. And we also can't forget that working relationship between AEW and AAA Penta and Phoenix are the tag team champions with AAA. And so there may be some dynamics going on there too, within all of it. There's, just a lot of interesting stuff. CM Punk this week, when he came out, it was talking about all the people that really got him excited to come back to wrestling. The first two names he mentioned were Penta El Zero Miedo and Ray Phoenix. And like, CM Punk was the biggest deal and he debuted on Rampage. the First dance, they called it. Chicago, big deal. It was an awesome moment. Not super Lucha relevant, but then he comes back on Dynamite on Wednesday. First two names he mentions, Penta and Phoenix. Like, that's pretty cool. So I think we really need to keep an eye on Penta and Phoenix in the AEW. I think they've got, you know, eyes on bigger things. I don't necessarily know that they beat the Young Bucks at all out, but I think this is the the strongest run for their money that the Young Bucks have had in a long time. And it could go either way. I think they have an equal chance of winning and not winning, but that makes it even more exciting. Really a lot of interesting stuff going on with Lucha Bros. right now.
3: I I have to agree. I think that the the reason that uh, it's super interesting is because We don't know. We they they've done such a good job of making the Lucha Bros have all this dynamic momentum. They're putting putting them in all the right places. We don't know. They might win this match this week. This on that uh, pay per view. It's not this weekend. That's the. um, But to your to your earlier point about the contract stuff, when you think about it, now that this uh, forbidden door, as they called it, has been kicked open. Other than WWE, there is nowhere the Lucha Bros can't go that AEW couldn't have access to them at this point. So there's no reason to not give them a bigger push right now because if they do go exactly. somewhere else, they'll be viewed as AEW talent. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a super smart idea. And, uh, I'm, I'm happy that the Lucha Bros are finally <clears throat> going to get the, uh, Main event attention they deserve from the sound of it.
2: Yeah, me too. We've, I mean, like, they were a familiar presence on the American indies. We've seen people chatting online, you know, like, there's been a lot of stuff on Facebook about people missing them on the indies. But I think this run is them being above, like, your local, I mean, they may still show up on your local indie. But they, I mean, they're the superstars now. I mean, like, I really think this is... What takes them from being interesting lucha tag team to being major names in American wrestling, not just lucha. Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. I think that, that's, that's the point, Dusty, is that it's really making, blurring, not blurring that line, but crossing over from just a big name in lucha to a big name in pro wrestling. And, um, that's been something that I think has, they've, they've really stated their case clearly in AEW. And as much as lucha is their style, I do appreciate how, I don't think AEW has pigeonholed them, um, as a, as a lucha team. I think that they've, Try to accentuate that and make you know bring that out as something that makes them different, but I think you know um the rise that they're going through now um and even in before you know the first all out um uh, uh or I think it was all in had the young bucks versus the Lucha bros for the yes. uh you know triple a tag team titles, so um in some ways, it kind of feels like it's coming a little bit full circle now.
2: It really does. And it feels like they're finally delivering on the promise that they've always kind of had. Like we've, if you're lucha smart you know how good the lucha bros are like you know how good pent is you know how good phoenix is you don't have to be told but the american public just seemed to be slightly behind all of that and so this is really great for them i like i say i think this is the beginning of them being top of the card guys hopefully we get to see them in some singles action not just tag team action but i feel like they've worked Better together sometimes than solo. It's just awesome. Awesome for fans of the Lucha Bros. And hopefully, you know, like I say, September the 5th is all out. Hopefully, we'll see them in that title match. It hasn't aired yet as we're recording this, but Rampage Friday night, Lucha Bros versus Jurassic Express. That's going to be an amazing match. We will cover that next week. But in the meantime, you can find out the results, uh, maybe some reviews and more. Anything you're looking for that's lucha related at lucha central.com your centralized place for all things lucha libre
1: we also had nxt take over this weekend take over 36 um for some the final takeover of you know what we know nxt to be now um before it changes into you know this kind of new product <laughs> Uh, that's been teased, discussed over the past few weeks and been indicated through the releases that have been occurring. Um, So I think a lot of fans went into this Knowing what to expect in some Ways and and there was a few surprises As well um, but for Lucha Libre content uh, we had The NXT Women's Championship on the Line Raquel Gonzalez faced Dakota Kai this is you know The grudge match between these two women um, Raquel Gonzalez Debuted last January at Takeover as Dakota Kai's muscle And we've had the Shawn Michaels Diesel storyline Run between them for quite some time um, and, and now we find. Finally got the match between these two. And really, uh, you know, they had a standoff in the middle of the ring to begin with. So it started off slow, but then Dakota Kai went in hard for a slap in the face to Raquel Gonzalez. And then that's when the magic started. Um, I mean, really, as the commentators say, and as a lot of fans could imagine, the story was... Speed versus power. You know, Dakota Kai had to utilize her speed in order to avoid some of the big hits that Raquel Gonzalez could have. And also, um, you know, they played that up in a lot of the sequences is Dakota Kai kind of outsmarting Raquel, knowing what she was going to do before she could do it because of their longstanding partnership. Um, And so... Uh, there was a, a few great moments in this match. Uh, there was a series of double knee face breakers that Dakota Kai had, uh, put on, uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Um, and then Raquel also hit a Vader bomb, um, on Dakota Kai just for a two count. Um, really, I thought the end was the most interesting where Dakota Kai, uh, was trying to go for her signature kick. However, uh, Raquel at the time was on the second uh, rope and caught her, bringing her up to the second rope with her to do the chingona bomb for the win. Um, so Raquel Gonzalez did retain. After the match, we had NXT UK's Kaylee Ray. Come out and seemingly decide To you know put her name out there for Contendership for the NXT Women's Championship Um, That seems to be somewhat of a theme We're getting a lot more NXT UK Talent on NXT which could Lead some to believe about Maybe combining these two shows Or talent Um, As we've even speculated I mean 205 Live is fairly done for Um, So it it Seems like this is just another sign um, That shows that we're getting more NXT UK talent, but it's also a great challenge for Raquel Gonzalez as Kaylee Ray was the longest reigning NXT UK women's champion. So there's some good story that they could tell in this and they need to have some fresh you know talent for her to face uh in the main event we had karrion cross defending the nxt championship against samoa joe and in this one not surprising but somewhat surprising that joe really was the aggressor early on and you could see there was a skills disadvantage. You had not seen Carrion Cross deal with someone who has as much submission knowledge and experience as Samoa Joe. So I felt like that was very interesting in the match. You could obviously tell that um technical technically speaking, you know, Carrion Cross was outmatched. Um but you also saw Joe, I mean this is the first time that he's been in the ring for quite some time. And so I think that you know, was something that you could see within the, the match. Um, but for the most part at the beginning, Samoa Joe was fairly dominant. Um, and Cross eventually had to kind of use more of his speed to take over, and he was able to plant some elbows and boot strikes to Samoa Joe. Um, eventually, uh, Samoa Joe was able to lock in the Coquina clutch. Uh, but then, uh, Karrion Cross, uh, turned it into the Cross jacket. Um, and Samojo almost passed out, um, but, but got out of it, carrying crossed it. another series of those big elbow smashes to the back of the head, uh, which was almost like a finishing maneuver for him at one time, he won several matches with that, um, but at the end of the match, Samoa Joe won with the muscle buster, a fairly clean, uh and fairly concise match. Um, and Samoa Joe is now your new NXT champion. Uh, I know Dusty will jump into some carrying Cross territory next. I also I almost feel like it's a graduation of sorts where you know I hand over carrying cross news now to dusty um as we've all assumed that carrying cross is going to you know be more regular on on the raw roster but uh a little bit of the tip of the cap to carrying cross it seems like his time in NXT is over for now and uh now he's he's uh, part of the Raw roster indefinitely. Um, some interesting developments, though, on this week in NXT. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez was doing a backstage interview. Um, and during that interview, Frankie Monet came out to talk with her. So I do feel like we're building up to the Frankie Monet uh Raquel Gonzalez program um maybe that's after Kaylee Ray um Kaylee Ray did have a match on NXT this week so I'm keeping my fingers crossed I am nervous that because NXT is changing a bit you know this program isn't going to be what a lot of us hope it would be but it's still fairly optimistic because you know uh Frankie Monet is really entertaining. She is now kind of the leader of the Robert Stone brand. Um, and I think, you know, they could really do some great magic in the ring. I mean, that is absolutely takeover level quality match. Uh, So it's very exciting to see Frankie Monet get closer and closer to the championship scene. And then a fairly big development with uh, Legado de Fantasma. As far as this week's main event, we did get the trios match, the three on three between Legado de Fantasma and Hit Row. Beautiful, beautiful uh you know, uh, outfits, um, gear by Legado de Fantasma this week. Um, and they use that to their advantage because, um, uh, uh, Santos Escobar came out with more of that kind of like poncho like draped, uh, blanket over him and he kind of threw that off in order to cause the distraction to go straight into a fight, uh, right before the bell rang. So they were brawling all over the place to try and get that advantage over Hit Row. Um, some really great tag work between Rock Ra- Ra- Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza. Um, a lot of, of that quick tag that they've been really, working strongly on um and i think that made the difference but you know hit row having the variety of talent that they do from you know the lucha based talent and and uh quickness of isaiah swerve scott to uh, you know uh, the top Dalla, the big guy who has his strength at one point he was fighting all three members of the garola fantasma uh at the same time but you know the um, big news coming out of this is that Legado de Fantasma have finally found an equalizer against uh, B-Fab, who is the female member of Hit Row, and... They have now recruited their own female member in Electra Lopez. Um, so she came out uh, to cause a distraction. Uh, essentially, her and B. Fab got into a confrontation. Electra hit her with seemingly some kind of nightsticks, <laughs> some kind of club. Uh, she threw that uh, over uh, the top rope in which Isaiah Swerve Scott caught it. The ref, you know, was excusing him of using it as a, a foreign object and then Central Escobar was able to do the roll-up for the win. So something that we've talked about for quite some time that we've, you know, really advocated for is a fourth member of Legado de Fantasma. I just want to get your thoughts real quick on this. What are your thoughts on adding Electra Lopez to this group? Brandon, I'll let you go first.
3: Uh, I mean, they it, it was needed. They mm-hmm. needed somebody to do it, yeah. and uh, yeah. I, I mean... I don't know enough about Electra Lopez to say she's absolutely the best fit for it, but she's a great fit for it. So I'm not gonna, I'm not salty or unhappy about this at all. And, uh, NXT's not afraid to do, uh, mixed tags. They'll probably still be WWE style where the, only the women can be in at the same time. But, uh, you know, I, I'm still not gonna be upset about that. We, having more intergender matches or ticks, mixed tags, uh, is, is, a uh, on TV, no matter what the rule sets is the best way to get that to, to be more common going forward. So all, all in all, this is a great move. I'm really excited. It adds some, some heat to, uh, Legato to Phantasma too. They finally are, are feeling like they're not just there as a kind of a transitional faction.
2: Uh, Dusty, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, Electra Lopez, uh, it was a surprise to see her there, but it's my understanding that her, her father was also a wrestler. Uh, his name was Steve King. He also wrestled under Chief Cherokee. And so it makes sense, you know, her being a second generation to, for her to be in Legado del Fantasma. And like, you know, these legacy guys. And yeah, I, I like the, I don't know how to explain this exactly, but I like that they got a tough woman. You know, I mean, like yeah. she's tough and she's she's so legitimate and so I mean, like she's just the perfect feel for I mean, she feels like she could beat up one of the guys. Like she looks like yes. that, and
3: mm-hmm. she's yeah. so
2: yeah, I just love that. Like she brings an edge to the group that they didn't already have that makes them seem more vicious or more um able or more. I'm trying to think, but yeah, they could just lean yeah, towards violence adds, in a way that
1: they yeah, didn't. adds a little bit, a little bit more, and it aligns with what they do. You yes. know, it aligns with the yeah. type of vision and violence that they have. Um, and so, yeah, I absolutely um, agree. And and you are right. Her father did wrestle in the WWE between 1976 and 1984, so she is um, a second generation. Uh she uh her first NXT match was against Frankie Monet on television. Um and she is billed, of course, from San Juan, Puerto Rico. You don't you always need a, a tough uh <laughs> but I think she's uh, more from New York. Um so a tough New York like Come on, like, sometimes you need a New Yorican to help the, you know, the boys out, Uh, but I think it's also great, I think, too, in the direction that NXT is going, where they're using some of the more newer talent, the more unfamiliar talent, this kind of aligns with that NXT is going in a different direction where they used to t- sign the top independent talent uh, out there. And now they've made a clear direction that they're not. They're really going to be focusing on even, you know, people who are not part of the independence, people who they can kind of mold and shape, you know. And so this may look more like NXT of old um, where you see. Less familiar talents, but then eventually come up. So the fact that this is a headliner feud, one of the biggest ones, again, we're going into war games. There is a possibility. NXT, do not mess this up. Could we have the first intergender war games?
2: That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. Especially now if we're not going to have Adam Cole in the war games for the first time ever. Yeah, for the first time ever. There's
1: no undisputed era. Yeah. I mean, literally, what else can you do? Let's do this NXT. Let's Absolutely. do this.
3: And, um, and I didn't know the thing, the stuff about her, uh, being a second generation wrestler. So I like her even more as a fit with Legato, <laughs> think, yes, it? Yeah, You have yes. a very strong point that that is legacy. They say it in, in their bit that like that the, the when the mask was being loaded, legacy honor and tradition are what are in the, uh, loaded in the mask. So being a, a part of a, a wrestling tradition is a perfect fit for that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm never going to let that go. Legacy honor tradition. Anytime that mask gets loaded, that's yeah, what's in there. I like
1: so, Very <laughs> One, so this feud is far from over. We have a new member of Legado de Fantasma, you know, and like I said, just putting the feelers out there. Hopefully this leads to some, of course we're going to see a one-on-one match between b and, uh, and Electra at some point, but You know, as, as Dusty mentioned, you don't have the undisputed era anymore. You really don't have that many other factions happening. This is your most long, this is going to be your longest kind of faction feud that you have. Truly make war games the blow off. You can absolutely do that. So, so I'm just fantasy putting in my head.
3: Do it. Oh yeah. No, I, I'm with you. That is a fantastic, fantastic fantasy book right there.
1: So, uh, and that is it for this week's NXT. Of course, results from NXT, uh, this week and takeover are available on luchacentral.com. Dusty, you have some brief AAA news for us.
2: Yeah, we've got a little bit going on in AAA, nothing major, but the date for Heroes Immortales was set. It appears to be October the 9th in Orizaba, Veracruz, according to local advertising that was pointed out by Pasión Luchista and a Holler to Lucha blog. That's where I found out about that information where they viewed. So shout out to him, Cubs fan good looking out buddy this will most likely be AAA's next official show in front of fans looks for tickets to be on sale soon although anything is possible obviously it's unlikely we'll be seeing AAA mega champion, champion Kenny Omega on this show more likely he will appear at December's Triple Mania Regia show date to be announced soon so keep your eyes and ears on LuchaCentral.com for updates news and more as news is announced and that's it, Lucha centralcom your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.
1: Dusty, since you did such a fabulous job with that, and since we do this every week, can you please <laughs> go ahead and take us into this week in Lucha Libre history?
2: Yeah, well, that's right. It's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. We were just talking about LuchaCentral.com, but again, LuchaCentral.com. You should be checking in there every day because we've got this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera. He's got anniversaries birth dates, information, matches of the day, amazing videos, show results, all kinds of stuff, more stuff than I can even list, and it's all about Lucha Libre, and that's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week we chose August the 25th, 2018, when AEW superstar, the Spanish god himself, Sammy Guevara, won the Lucha Libre AAA World Cruiserweight Championship after beating Australian Suicide, ACH, Shane Strickland, and a four-way match at Triple Mania 26 at the Arena Ciudad de Mexico and Mexico City, this was a really fun match, but I think time has shown us that all four of these guys were capable of better Sammy. He looked good, but he wasn't the Sammy we know now. Like it's nice to see the progression of that. He wins with a six thirty splash right as the action kind of finally found its rhythm in the match for me post-match, then killer cross now carrying cross. He came out and he put the hurt on Strickland, ACH and Guerrero, before, Guevara rather, before offering Australian Suicide a spot in his faction. Really fun match. Brendan, what did you think of this match?
3: Um, my biggest problem with the match was that it was way too fast. Uh, I, I felt that way, I thought, felt that way the first time I watched it, this was one of those times where I was, uh. I remember specifically I was watching the live stream in my kitchen for this one and people kept coming in and and were asking me questions uh but uh and that meant that I there were a lot of I blinked and I missed it moments in this particular match uh but uh we talk, we've we talked about it before. AAA loves to use the early part of the card to showcase the hot young talent, and that's what this was. But uh, what was more interesting to me about the, this particular showcase of hot young talent was it was all or nearly all American stars. Uh, so they were really just looking like they were going to be making overtures to, to branching out into America. I think having Sammy win at that point was uh was going to be a huge part of that and then um the world changed and you know that's one of the the major losses we had um, it's a great match and a lot of fun i just I, I there were even the second viewing and the third viewing i blinked a lot and missed stuff so um yeah this is one to, to maybe slow the video down and and uh, just watch it that way miranda what are your thoughts on this one
1: I So I kind of thought there was—the match itself, I thought, actually was easier to follow more than some other Lucha matches, and I don't know if it's because I, you know— as much as the movements were fast, I don't think the whole match for me wasn't as fast as others that I've seen. And I think it's because there was some stories told between like, you know, mm-hmm. ACH and Shane Strickland, you know, uh, partnering a little bit at the beginning. Um But towards the end, I could see how things got so fast because you had, uh I think it was ACH, um where Shane Strickland, one of them had done a baseball slide straight out of the ring which which happened so quickly that then went right into uh um Sammy doing that 450 splash on Australian suicides. So I think that there was some moments where things were really quick. Uh, If you blinked, you missed it for me overall. The thing like I felt that I could follow this match, though, a little easier than some other matches. And I don't know if it's just I'm so used more to the American style. And so this was more American wrestlers. In doing lucha style, which I felt is just, you know, you can tell differences, you know, um, you can tell that sometimes the moves aren't as fluid, um, which means they're not as quick in some ways. I don't know if any of that is making sense, oh, but. That makes perfect uh, sense to me. But yeah, but overall, I I really liked it. I actually really did like this match. I thought it was a great showcase for all four talent, and I think it was especially. I mean, Australian Suicide was coming in as the cruiserweight champion for this, so I think it was a bit of a surprise to have Sammy win. Um, based off of some of the other spots in the match, that made you feel like maybe it was going to be Shane um, or maybe ACH. I, you know, you can kind of tell it didn't look like Suicide was going to win. I just felt like well, yeah, the no. attention was more on ACH and Shane
3: most of us knew at that point uh, that suicide had one foot out the door, basically. But, uh, no, Sammy winning was the shock. Uh, to your point, I thought, I thought this was going to be Shane's night. Yeah. Uh, cause they had, he was at that point, he was writing such a huge wave of momentum out of, uh, Lucha underground that, uh, I, I mean, there was a, it made the most sense. Like you just, that's the match that you do. You put him there. He's, he's going to be the hot talent. And, uh, uh, they didn't go with that. I mean, it turns out probably because he was, uh, looking at Florida at the time, but, uh, you know, there we go. I was Sammy got the nod and, and it was exciting. Uh, it was the beginning of, uh, of Sammy kind of exploding into, uh, into the mainstream in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Just kind of the beginning of like Sammy becoming a known name around wrestling circles. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, there you go for this week in Lucha Libre history. Uh, don't forget to check that out at LuchaCentral.com. Brendan, though, what else can our listeners find at LuchaCentral.com?
3: All right, let's do this. So if you're listening to this and you haven't been to LuchaCentral.com, I can't even do that without laughing at this point because it's so good. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you haven't been to LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can find where you can sorry, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Look for a lot of that. Like that's gonna start happening in massive waves. Uh find photo galleries from top photographers covering lucha libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives and all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. On top of all of this, it's free. I mean, you cannot beat this price ever. So if you're not going there, this is why I giggled earlier. It's really, really time to do it. It's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.
1: Up next, we teased it earlier I mean, we couldn't have this weekend Without WWE So Dusty, tell us what we missed
2: (laughs) Yeah, well first up, last week We had main event, I mentioned it We had Ricochet against Angel Garza This is the kind of match And the Ricochet that we should be Getting on Raw His work with other luchadors is just so fluid Yet it's really crisp And it's easy to see why he had A fantastic reputation When he was on the indies This match was really hampered because there was a commercial break directly in the middle that ate up a lot of the match time, stuff we didn't get to see. But despite getting a smart super kick with a distraction from throwing the pants in Ricochet's face, Angel later lost the match after Ricochet flew off the ropes and connected hard with the recoil to get the pin at 7 minutes and 50 seconds. Then we had SmackDown, Jey Uso with Jimmy at ringside, defeated Rey Mysterio with Dominic at ringside, the merry-go-round of having one partner of one tag team fighting a partner of the other tag team in a singles match, and then they shuffle and repeat. It's quickly become one of my least favorite parts of WWE because they've been beating it to death in this feud. I can't believe they didn't have more people to try and make something about this less repetitive, but repetitive seems to be where they're going with the Mysterios. First the Seth Rollins thing, now the Usos thing. <sighs> anyway, Dominic was ejected by the ref for interfering, and Jay was able to exploit the moment for a cheap shot and a superfly splash to put Rey away in 11 minutes and 27 seconds. And that leads us to SummerSlam. Where the Usos defeated Ray and Dominic Mysterio in a tag team title match. This match happened, and that is the nicest thing that I can say about it. Like, uh, <laughs> the Usos constantly made Ray and Dominic look like chumps throughout the match. They picked up the win in ten minutes and five seconds. WWE constantly telegraphed that this was what was going to happen like everything they did gave us the feeling that Ray and Dominic just couldn't beat the Usos and they couldn't and but you know like WWE never follows through on the story they promised so why did they stick to it this time the world will never know and Ugh, at least they get the points for consistency And then that takes us to Raw And once again this week I'm just going to crap all over everything WWE gave us <laughs> Because and <laughs> Cross, Like we Oh he was so good in NXT He had yeah. his own thing Oh boy And Ricochet Like he, he was against Ricochet in this match The It didn't leave, give us much to leave us inspired It was a quick 90 second match But again, as I mentioned with Carrion, this all feels kind of like an overcorrection from the early loss to Jeff Hardy, and it also feels like too little too late. The only reason this match was notable was because of the terrible Zardoz meets Lord Humongous Gear that Carrion was wearing during the (laughs) entrance, like – I don't know if he lost a bet. I don't know if this is a rib, but he looked dumb, and it made the match feel dumb, and it made his fans feel dumb for being invested in him. The, what WWE has done to Carrying Cross is terrible. Like, uh, I somebody should call the police on them. I, I want to sue them. This is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate it. Like, it's just yeah, Carrying Cross and NXT and main roster Carrying Cross. I. I don't know if they're trying to find his legs without Scarlett trying to come up with something unique for him, but this was not it. This looked like Amateur Hour, and it looked like the same kind of thing you see in your local school when they put on a show. I mean, same type of gear. It just, yeah, it was a definite step down. I would love to see Karrion Cross kind of find his legs and get his rhythm and WWE, but I don't know what his future is on Raw. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. That's more interesting to me than his matches have been lately, so we'll see, but that's this week at WWE. They, If you're a Lucha fan, they just didn't really give you anything to be excited about. Becky Lynch came back and won the SmackDown women's title on SummerSlam. Not Lucha relevant, but very big news. Uh We haven't seen this week's SmackDown yet to see how they follow that up, but you know, for that, so SmackDown results, all kinds of stuff, so much more, check out luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things, lucha libre
1: to jump into impact wrestling who also had a show during this weekend they had emergence this past friday um and just a few interesting notes on some matches uh that they had during emergence one was decay the team of black Taurus, crazy steve havoc and rosemary versus Falaba, No Way, Jose, uh, or I think they just call him No Way, Savannah Evans, and Tasha Steele's, and so this one, I mean, Blacks Taurus took this uh, match for all the great spots, um, he was tagged in um, early on for Crazy Steve, and he put out a great sling blade, uh, that got, uh, a, a sling blade on Falaba, um, and then later on in the match, um, Black Taurus again gets tagged in, and he jumped uh, off the middle rope to a corkscrew, or flipping corkscrew. Um, and so he was the spots guy in this, which you wouldn't have imagined from one of the bigger guys in this match. Um, but Black Taurus, uh, speared Falaba for the pin for their team, so Decay won that match. We also had a mixed tag match between uh Knockouts and Rina de Reina's champion Diana Barazzo and Matthew Rewolt if I keep saying that right or I do right I apologize uh versus Trey Miguel and Molina. Um this is a story, you know, Molina will be facing uh, Diana Barazzo for the Impact Championship at NWA in Power. And I think what surprised me so much is the actual action between the men and women in this match um where uh like Dion parazo and trey miguel um had time in the ring uh same thing with melina and matthew so that's something that i think impact can really leverage in general as you know something that's very unique about their promotion is that they tend to see more uh interactions between men and, and women in the ring and of of course, like, I kind of want to see a Deanna Barrazzo Trey Miguel match now after this, uh, cause I think that would be so good. Uh, but in the end, um, it was, uh, Matthew Rayholt who pinned Molina for the victory. So it was kind of a very interesting dynamic match, but again, I think that's one of the things that makes Impact very unique is to see more wrestling between men and women. Um, And then, as far as the last Lucha-related match, and I believe this was the, no, not this, was semi-main. You had the Good Brothers um, defeat Rich Swann and Willie Mack and Violent by Design, Um, and... This one was interesting, really, with Willie Mack. Um, the match started off with Joe During and Doc Gallows, who they had already had some interactions on that week's impact. Um, Willie Mack came in um, to kind of have that hoss fight feeling. Um, he tried to bring Joe During up for a suplex, uh, but couldn't because Joe During's a big man. I know Willie Mack's big, but damn, that's a big man to toss. Um, you know, Richeland was in the match for. Most, for the most part, so when Willie Mac came in, it was the part of the hot tag, um, and then we got to see Willie Mac and Doc Gallows, in which Willie Mac threw Doc Gallows out of the ring, um, and then Willie Mac hit a Samoan drop. Followed by his signature standing moon salt, um, but ultimately in the end, the good brothers won. Um, I believe by pinning Rhino, um, and that leads to something we'll talk I'll talk about briefly for this week in Impact. Um, but yes, Violent by Design though kind of seems like they're done. Rhino got kicked out of that faction, um, and so who knows what's gonna be ha- happening with Violent by Design, but, um, this was Emergence that was, uh, available on the Impact Plus app, and then we had this week in, uh, Impact. Really the big thing to note is that for the main event, we did have, uh, a match between the Good Brothers versus Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Willie Mack and Rich Swan won that match. Um, I don't unfortunately have the, the, logistics of the entire match other than just at the end the good brothers were not happy with the loss um, they tried to hit the magic killer on rich swan uh willy mack made the save however they got on Willie mack beat him up uh they ended up finally doing uh Oh, I think Rich Swan um, went through a table as well, so pretty big beat up well, from the Good Brothers uh, against Rich Swan and Willie Mac. But it may sound like we finally are getting more of a solid contendership for the Impact Tag Team Titles now. Um, so it looks like Rich Swan and Willie Mac may be in that title contendership, which is overdue from when they were partners man, back in you know late 2019 early 2020 um so i feel like it's good to bring them back around especially now that you have the good brothers as clear heel champions you need a good fe- baby face tag team to face them um and i think now is the time for rich one and willie Mack. so um that is it for this week in impact um and as far as our final news story, some interesting tidbits and updates from the NWA, uh, which we haven't talked about in quite some time, but some announcements this week, uh, really should get some Lucha Libre fans' ears perked. Um, first off, they have made a new match for, uh, NWA Empower that is scheduled for uh, this Saturday, August 28th. Um, this was something Brendan had uh, let me know about, and I finally got confirmation of this match, uh, but they had recently added Diamante to the show, um, and then earlier today, they announced Chick Tormenta, and they announced that, that this is actually going to be a triple threat match uh, between Diamante representing AEW, Chick Tormenta representing AAA, and Kylie Ray representing the NW. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that is a fairly, that's going to be such a great triple threat match, um, slated for NWA in power. It's great to see some Lucha Libre presence on this show. I believe Diamante was announced either early this week or late last week. Um, and then the Chick Tormenta announcement was earlier today and Kylie Ray had been announced for this show, uh, early on, but we didn't know what match they were going to be in yet. So we finally know that we have a triple threat match really as a co-branded, like co-interpromotional match, at least the way when I saw it. I don't know if, if NWA is going to clearly promote this as an inter, uh, in, um, interpromotional or, or uh, uh a promotional match a promotion versus promotion versus promotion match uh but i'm i'm sure that's going to come up uh in the match itself especially through commentary um, and then also, we do see the return of La Rebellion, Bestia 66, and Make-A-Wolf 450. They're going to be challenging for the NWA Tag Team Championships, current champions Aaron Stevens and J.R. Kratos at NWA 73, which is the next day on August 29th. So uh, La Rebellion has been on NWA television for the past few months now. They've come out and made promos about wanting to be the tag champions to really, you know, make a statement in the tag team division, how they've been unimpressed by the tag team division. So it makes perfect sense that they are challenging for the tag titles. And I honestly hope that they win, not just because there's a Lucha preference in there, but I think that it would really help the NWA stand out. Um, and I think it would, you know, really make the tag division that much more interesting. Just, just my thoughts. Um, <laughs> but very quickly, guys, I want to get your thoughts on the NWA's kind of growing Lucha Libre presence. You know, historically, you know, the NWA's had a presence in Mexico, but with, you know, that's that's been more tradition. And the NWA here in the United States has really been in name only up until the past few years. Um, But even when the NWA did come back, the biggest lucha presence they had was Thunder Rosa. Now, in this kind of newer chapter, they've been more adamant about having lucha talent. Um, You know, Thunder Rosa is still a part of it when she can, but having Sam Adonis, La Rebellion, um, now adding Diamante and Chick Tormenta to the Empower show. Uh, I just want to get your quick thoughts on having, you know, the NWA having more luchadores and luchadoras on their shows.
3: Well, I mean, not to be too argumentative here, the NWA classically had performative amounts of lucha libre going all the way back you had mil mascaras and blue demon jr but they were uh feature showcases on cards to, mm. to bring people into people that wouldn't might not normally show up into arenas they weren't really being promoted as uh the you know main talents that you're going to see a lot of, uh, and and that's to your point. That's what they're doing now. They're just putting them on the card, and they they uh, effectively are part of the show and not uh, an exhibition match or a feature match as they the, the the carnies used to do back in the day. So um it's more exciting to me to see it become to see Lucha become so universally accepted that even a classic southern american wrestling style show like the nwa cuz that's where their roots are and mm-hmm. it really is in the south uh, and the midwest to see the, to see the uh, promotion like that that uh, has been centered around that southern style of wrestling uh now really br- branch out and and do go for something a little different because it is uh becoming part of the mainstream and i'm really excited that that's that's where we're at more lucha is good Always. Dusty, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I'm always excited to see more Lucha. I love the resurgence of the NWA. I'm old enough to remember the NWA, you know, like being a big deal. And it really feels like for the first time ever it could come back. It could be a big deal again. The momentum feels bigger to me now than it did back when Power and Carnyland and all that were going on. And so – I'm really excited just for what it brings to NWA. WWE is kind of the ice capades of wrestling. Like they have a little <laughs> bit of this and a little bit of that, but it's not really in a realistic or a um beneficial light for a lot of the wrestlers. It benefits the WWE. But I think NWA has the ability to do both. Like they really need the light that the mm. The talent shines on the company, but the company also can shine a light on talent, and hopefully they can use this together and find that Lucha Libre is really like a an impetus for making some money. People in America want to see Lucha Libre, and NWA needs to find its legs financially, and I hope that they can help each other do that.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this week's edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to visit LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And you can follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at Lucha on Twitter. We also have the YouTube page with hours upon hours of content, matches, interviews, and much, much more on Lucha Central's YouTube page. Well, while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Uh, Dusty, can you let our listeners know where I can find you? Yeah. Sorry, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I'm
2: on Instagram at Dusty Murphy and I'm on Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. So check me out there.
1: Uh, and <laughs> I should have waited. I should have waited, but I couldn't. It was so good. It was so good. Uh, so we'll, we'll, good. we'll talk about this. Brendan, where can listeners find you?
3: I am, uh, pardon me, I'm 321T shirt guy. I am on uh on Instagram I am on Facebook and I'm all over the Twitter where I am about to put something amazing up
1: put it up oh yes and me Miranda Morales you can find me at the hashtag Miranda hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook not on Twitter um and yes absolutely follow us on social media especially right now if you want to know what we're laughing about you just need to follow us on social media it absolutely has something that we talked about today has something to do with that in the best way uh so just Follow us on social media, please, please, because then you'll get into all of the inside jokes that we have with all of you. Uh, But, again, thank you so much. Uh, We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you follow us on social media. You can check us out on your favorite podcast streaming platform, um, uh, iTunes, Spotify, PodBay, iHeartRadio. You can subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe to get notifications every time a new episode drops. You can leave a five-star rating and a review. Let us know what you think about the show, topics you like, things that you wish we would talk more about, talk less about. Let us know. We love to hear your feedback. And also a big shout-out to TheChairShot.com and the other sources that we are stringed on. TheChairShot.com your source for wrestling news, analysis, opinion, sports, Entertainment and sports entertainment. For Jesse Murphy and Brendan Barr, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much, and we will be back with you next. <laughs>